All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck, Nicks? What the fuckaholics? What the fuckstables? That's enough. That is enough. I know there are more. I know I could go on. I could do a whole show of them. I am Mark Marin. This is WTF. This is my show. You are listening to it. Thank you for doing that. Hey, okay, don't let me forget the Magic Bag Theater, September 29th for two shows in Ferndale, Michigan. That's near Detroit. And also I got the uh, live WTF and the storytelling show at the uh, Riot LA Alternative Comedy Festival at the Independent uh, LA Independent Theater. That's this Saturday, the 22nd. I think there's still tickets for that. Go to riotla.com, I think is the thing. Did I mention today on the show Jim Rash from Community, a very uh, sweet man, nice guy, very talented man. Uh, interesting story. Also a writer, Oscar Award winning writer. Winning? Winning? God damn it. Come on. W- winning. Okay. I uh, Yeah, he's going to be here in a minute. What else? Uh, Nate Bargetzi, my guest from last week. His record is out. I want to keep supporting Nate because I laugh at Nate and I've listened to the record twice and I still laugh. That's all. I have nothing to gain from this. He's not. We're not necessarily friends. I'm just so excited when I hear a comedian that has got his own style and does it. It does a thing, makes me laugh. That's all. Enough of it. This is the end of the uh, the uh, the blowing uh, smoke up the ass of Nate Bargetzi. But his record, yelled at by a clown, is out. I'm a little frazzled. I'm a little crazy. We're writing the show. We're doing the thing. Locations are being chosen. The uh, the Marin uh, sitcom is that what you call it? A sitcom, the half hour scripted comedy. I will be shooting for IFC is in in production big time. We're done. We've completed a bunch of the scripts. We're almost done with the writing. We're now casting people, which is something I'd never done before. I'm in a whole new world, and it's uh, it's interesting because I've been in a lot of rooms where I walk into the casting room nervous having not made a choice, having not you know, not really just feeling that anxiety and not knowing how to connect with a room full of people. And there's me and three or four other people in there and a casting agent. And I, I, my heart goes out to the people that are reading for it. Even if it's for a small part, we've had great people in. It's all very exciting. I seem to be numbing it though. I just keep my nose to the grindstone. Is that how that, is that the saying? I'm just trying to do what's in front of me, do the work, not freak out. You know what's interesting about being in a work environment? And I imagine this is interesting for anybody. The brain wants to pick a bad guy. The brain, maybe not all brains, but I, I imagine this is how mythology works. I imagine how it's it's clearly how superheroes work, which is similar to mythology. Religions work this way. Is that I, I I'm telling you, man. Corporate structures work this way, but if you're in a situation where there's any kind of hierarchy or there are other people involved that are on a different tier than you are, someone's going down in your head. Someone is the bad guy. Someone is the one who's in, you know, responsible or a couple of people for making you crazy for say it's like, I don't know. And I'm not really having this problem, but I fight it on a day-to-day basis. I know my girlfriend has her job and I just think it's part of the brain blame displacement. Very few people want to take responsibility. You can only take responsibility for what you're fucking responsible for. The rest has got to be someone else's fault, man. Right? Just carve out your shit. This is my shit, and you can't fuck with that. And if you do fuck with it, and something goes wrong with it, it's on you, fuckface. 
How's that? Does that make sense? I don't know if any of it made sense. The hell difference does it make? The show's going great. We're doing, uh, we're, we're, we're writing good stuff. And the people that are coming in, everyone who's involved in the production is awesome. And I'm not saying that just to be, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not kissing ass. I'm just thrilled that it's happening. It's been a fun process. It's nice to enjoy your work. God, I hope the show's good. <laughs> that's, you know, that's really what it comes down to. You're doing all this work and then we're going to start shooting and we got a pretty low budget and we're going to be running around. I, I, you know, I'll let you know. I'm just trying to keep you in the loop here. That's all. I went to my buddy's 50th birthday party. That's happening. That's happening in my life. My friends are turning 50 and older. I don't quite know how to handle it. I really don't. Don't know how to deal with it. I, I am dealing with it. I know I'm 48. I'm going to be 49 on September 27th. I know that's happening. There's nothing I can do to stop it. And I'm not that upset about it. I'm not freaking out about the age thing. See, this is, I don't know what's going on with me, folks. I'm not freaking out about the show. What is happening? Either something has, you know, some wire has disconnected in my brain or maybe things are okay. And I know some of you don't like to hear that things are okay. I, you know, look, I still have a day-to-day struggle uh, in my relationship, in my car, with my mouth, with uh, with certain pairs of shoes I struggle with, a couple of pairs of pants I'm not thrilled with, my toothbrush, my, my, my toothbrush, not not always a great experience. I have a water pick that I have problems with. There's plenty of struggles in my life, okay? Uh, yeah, my father, who I just called on the phone, and he said, are you still, uh, you still working on that, uh, what is it, a play? You still working on a play? The series? See, see when, when they say something like that, they know what it is. He knew exactly what I was working on. But no, he innately is like, what are you still doing that? What are you, what are you making uh, uh, clay figures? Or uh, is, it, is it a clay thing you're doing? Are you working with, uh, on, uh, what, are you, what are you painting, a picture? The series? Is that the series? Always a few, like two or three completely demeaning options followed by exactly what they know it is to begin with. But I'm cool. I'm, I'm cool. It's all right. I get it. Then we talk for 15 minutes about vitamins he's not taking anymore. So I go to my buddy's 50th birthday and this is a dear friend of mine. And, uh, you know, he's got twin daughters who I haven't, I haven't really seen much of them in the last few years. I've known them since they were babies and now they're 15. And I don't even know what it now. It's just, it's just awkward for everybody. I think, isn't it? I mean, I've got to assume it's got to be awkward. Even if you're, if you're a father and all of a sudden you've got these, a 15 year old girl, two of them in your house. And the way these teenagers, these kids, the way they dress, it's obscene. It's crazy Did they used to dress. Like I found myself doing that. May, okay. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm, I'm not even being pervy. I'm just sort of like, they're people now they're women. They're at that age where everything is on. It's just weird. I don't have kids and I, I'm not sure, you know, exactly how to talk to them. I always try to talk to them on their level. Like, uh, you know, like I think I walked up to his daughter and I said, uh, so your dad, right? What an asshole, right? I mean, come on. When are you going to get out of there? I didn't say that. I said, how's school? And she said, good. And I'm like, that's good. Uh, do you know what you're going to do with your life? She said, no. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> take your time. You know, there's no rush. When do you drive? She said, soon, I'm going to get my driver's permit. I'm like, that'll be fun, right? So you can get out. 
All right, I got to go get some some uh, cheese over there. No fucking clue how to talk to uh, to kids. I found myself doing that thing where I was like, well, how the why the how? Because my brother's got a teenage daughter and 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 he's he's going nuts with what she wants to wear. So I got, she, I can't let her out of the house like that. And I'm I'm going through my mind, think, you know, and I'm thinking like, yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, this shouldn't they shouldn't be allowed to dress like that. And then I I I, I heard myself saying that. And I started to think back at my past, and I'm like, did they used to dress like that? And then I'm like, holy shit, tube tops. I do you remember tube tops? When I was in junior high, man, the you know, just the girls in their tube tops constantly having to pull them up. That was the best thing about junior high and high school were tube tops and ridiculous shorts. So, dads, uh, bro, it's been going on since we were kids. There's no stopping it without them fighting you on it. You're just going to have to let it happen. Keep them away from perverts. Right? That's the whole, that's the whole agenda after a certain point. Keep them away from bad boys and perverts. I imagine that's the deal for, uh, for fathers of daughters. For fathers of sons, I don't know. Don't have one. Try to keep him off drugs and not have, let him get his ass kicked or uh, fall into himself. Uh, don't stop paying attention to them and detach from them completely. Because then they'll hate you and become a comedian, right? How's the uh, what are you working on now? The uh, fixing automobiles? Or are you doing the other? Are you doing the series? Yeah, what do you got going? You got a? What are you working at that restaurant? Or are you doing the? What are you doing? A TV series? Yeah, try not to let that happen. How's that sound to you? It sounds great. It sounds great. How do I sound? You sound good. Okay, good. <laughs> We're all good. Yes, it's always shocking to hear your voice. I I find it comforting. Well, you <laughs> well, you do it a lot, so you you hear your like voice more often. It's gotten to the point where I can't. I almost uh, would rather wear these all the time. Yeah, if it's just in regular conversation mm-hmm. to maybe have something that I could hook up <laughs> when I'm talking to other yes. people. I just Get feel some better. Feedback. With, no, yeah. I know. I know. So Let's, I know exactly my tone. I, I like want to regu- hear what you're hearing. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I regulate my tone. Pro- How long have you lived in uh, the Mar Vista place? Uh, let's see. I've been in Mar Vista probably just about six years. Before that, Santa Monica. Before that, really? More like. Uh, you're always a West Side guy? No. Before Santa Monica would have been like, uh, I was Beachwood for a while, uh, Beachwood is that, Drive. Is that where you started? No, I started down like in a charming place down below Olympic and sort of La Cienega area. I don't even know if that has a name. Oh, yeah, just sort of like, uh, just I don't lim- know. I, don't I just know. arrived in California limbo. <laughs> right, I don't know where I am. Let me just find a place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where'd you this, come from? This seems cheap. I came from uh, North Carolina, Charlotte. Really? Yeah. You came directly from there to here? Yeah, I graduated. Uh, I went to Chapel Hill and then came right straight out here. Chapel Hill. Yeah. That's uh, in, is that in Raleigh? Uh, it's in the Raleigh-Durham area. It's Chapel Hill, North Carolina. It's like Duke and Carolina and even and NC State are like within 20 minutes of each other. Well, that's like the that's like the the um, only groovy triangle. The yeah, entire it's, it's a good research North Carolina triangle, area. as they call it. <laughs> like any every, anything outside of there, Mm-mm. dangerous. Not worth it. Not worth it. Uh, just scary. No. Gets not a at little. All. Regional and kind no of weird. No reason to go. No Re- reason to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it changes quickly. Like within a few miles. Oh, God, like, yeah. Oh, there's hill people. Yeah. No. 
It's, it's yeah. true, right? No, it's my family. Yeah. <laughs> Your my, family. My people live on the other side of the wall. Do they? Yeah. <laughs> what, so what does that mean? Where'd you grow up exactly? No, I grew up right in Charlotte. So oh. it, it couldn't be it couldn't be more of like a, well, we know, Bank of America right. city. You know? Right. Like so, where the do you, everything falls apart. Do you have uh, people from, is your, is your family there forever kind yeah, of deal? Yeah, my, uh, I think my dad signed on for forever. He's there in Charlotte. Right. Has been since, uh, um, for me, yeah. My mom sort of escaped right after uh, high school. She, after I graduated, she took off for New Mexico. Nice to explore something new, to something other than your father. Yeah, <laughs> well, that that started at age seven. <laughs> you were seven within the within the confines of of Charlotte. They still were away from each other. Oh, really? And then she, with her new husband, moved to New Mexico. Wow, I, I should introduce you, Jim Rash, uh, Oscar Award winner. Academy Award winner. Yeah, that's right. For writing. Either one's work. A yeah. movie. Uh, best adaptation, correct? Yes. And uh, the star, one of the stars of the show Community. I'm, I've never done this proper in intro. That's okay. Uh, so we have that whole little great intro, and then they figure out who I am. Yeah, I like to do that. Okay, it's like, great. I wonder who, and they, they've got nothing to go on no, on that first five nothing. minutes. Zero. They nothing. They've got North Carolina, yeah. a divorce, if they New stop, Mexico, yeah. Hill people, mm-hmm. uh, Chapel Hill. Mm-hmm. They, there's nothing they could, there no was, detective. No, and there was nothing to, to really hook them. <laughs> no, <laughs> They it, could turn it off and just say, I don't know, I, some I, guy from North Carolina who hates the, the people on the other side of the wall, wall in the research triangle. Whatever wall that is in uh, Bank of America was involved and yeah. mark mentioned hill people yeah yeah that's it <laughs> that's it. all i i think that's the index for this episode i would I did. that's your soundbite <laughs> that's gonna get a that's, number of listeners yeah, that's gonna be the teaser mm-hmm. <laughs> guess who this whoa. is whoa this yeah? is pretty good pretty interesting yeah. <laughs> what part of new mexico did she end up in she ended up in albuquerque that's where i grew up oh did you i grew up in albuquerque new mexico oh okay well, she lived uh you know placidas then which oh, is placidas out where the hippies used to live yeah well, that's where she she gravitated <laughs> so she, toward she really went to find herself she went to find herself she went there placidas and then ended up on the other side of albuquerque Berlin. in Berlin. yes yeah, wow super small town how old were you when it, she moved there I uh, I was in high school. Well, I went to college and she moved. So pretty much once she knew that I was off out of high school, she packed she, her bags. And see you off. later. And, yeah, uh, she well, was done. What drives someone to, uh, well, I, I understand Placidas. That's sort of like I, anything but the South. I'm going to go yeah. uh, to, it's pretty there. It's and, beautiful. It is on the way to Santa Fe. So like, you know. Right. And that, yeah, it's right between Albuquerque and Santa Fe, a little off to the left there, north off the highway. I was just there. But back in the day, it used to be sort of, Rugged, Placidas. Yeah. When she was there, I don't even know what year this would have been because she was working at like the public television station in uh, Albuquerque. K N M E K N M E. Yeah, yeah. She was working there. She was like one of those. Pl- she's like that pledge drive person you always see who's, on the phone. Yeah. Well, no, lady she's on the phone. No, she's not the one. Yeah, she's. Always, I love that she just. <laughs> she has a career of sitting in the banks of phones in the back. Oh, what a great job! She's the one not sleeping. <laughs> These aren't volunteers. They're paid for this. <laughs> <laughs> no, she she was a person in the microphone saying, "Call now. You can get this lovely tote bag or this on umbrella." Camera? Yeah, yeah. She it's was a, on on air talent. Is that something she was dying to do? Uh, well, she did drive that. Work, she or? did that in Charlotte as well. So she did it in two different places there for the pledge drive. Mm-hmm. Well, that she was in. I guess that's membership. So she was. It, that's part of their job. Oh, so she worked in public television. I don't yes. want to trivialize it. This was not an on air dream. It was just sort of like mm-hmm. you want to do this. No, she, yeah. She says, "I want to raise money for public right. television." For uh, shows like Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers, that's oh. what they always had to say. And the you McNeil know. Lara report. And the Mc- 
<laughs> Coming up next, <laughs> the McNeil uninterrupted. Era. If you love your television commercial free, <laughs> that, that's kind of. I remember going as a kid because she would be doing them, and so we would go. Uh, my sister and I, we would sort of hang out while you know they went till about ten or something. But the best part of it was they always had like just fast food and 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 that kind of stuff. And, and people were hanging out, and it was like it was out. show business. Yeah. Oh, big time show. Yeah. Business. Oh yeah. Come that, on. There's the camera. Yeah. There's mom. <laughs> there's a camera. I see how this one there's camera. a bank of phones <laughs> of people who are being paid. That's that lady that visits sometimes on that phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't that her son? Yeah. I met him oh, once. he's there. What's he doing on camera? <laughs> but uh, yeah, she she did that and did that again and in, in, uh, in, out in Albuquerque. So you got one sister? I have one older sister, yeah. And that's it? Just the two of you? Just the two of us. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. Is she in show business? No, no. She's uh, back in Raleigh. And, Raleigh. Uh, yes. That's where Raleigh. That's where uh, that's where the comedy club I worked at. And that's not my well, life. Sure that, was that the uh, Charlie Goodnight? Yes, worked there once. Never went back. Why not? I don't know. They didn't. I, something went wrong. I, maybe my attitude. It was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I remember thinking that was a nice area. Yeah. But it, it's weird with those kind of areas. Is that whenever there's colleges involved, there's this uh, illusion that it's progressive. Yeah. And 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 I think in Raleigh they kind of hold on to that. It's sort of like the Portland of the South or like mm-hmm. it's one of those areas where it's like we're freaks here. Yeah. Be careful though, don't travel like you said before. Yeah. Not progressive no. at all. No. Radically no. not progressive. Yeah, it's the tough part, you know. It's I think it's a conflicting place because I think you'd find a number of people who who were surprised that happened, you know. Right. Oh and, no. And I, I think that you go from yeah, I mean, I think that whole research triangle to talk about it, it's like, you know, it's like Chapel Hill, I think is a very a liberal area, you know, yeah. a state can be right. more conservative. It's just, you know, uh, uh, just a, a collection of different thoughts. Duke, probably yeah, the same. Yeah, sure, and then Chapel there's Hill. just a lot of people quietly hating. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're on the other side of that wall, yeah, those Hill people yeah, just hating. Very friendly. Hating. Yeah, hi, how are you? Oh, one of them. Them, uh, them, awful. Pro- them progressive people yeah, exactly. on the other side of that wall. When, when I used to do uh, Air America, we used to get calls from that area, because we piped into to somewhere down, I think it was might have been Raleigh, on a station there, and you'd literally get these calls from people like, I can't talk very well. I'm downstairs in my family's house. Just thank you for for what you're doing up there. You know, there there are people here. I gotta go. I gotta go. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. You better not be on that phone. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not, Ma. I'm not, Ma. Where's your, is your father that way? Or yeah, yeah, he uh, still lives in Charlotte. But like rednecky ish. No, no. I, I, uh, well, I don't know. I, it's funny because you, I. I've been out here long enough in L.A. Like over 15 years, where accent sort of fades. And did you have one? I imagine I did not the not a, a heavy one. I don't know unless I just completely just, just a mild mastered, like mastered a mild the craft. One, mild one, <laughs> a mild one, a mild one. But when I get on the phone with my relatives or go home, I realize your ear is sort of changed, so you hear it, and you're like, much just more a, a slight clearer. Thing, maybe so just like, a slight. Ooh, yeah. ooh, I grew up with some hicks. No, <laughs> but they're not that bad. But you don't hear yourself do it. I hear it now and then, certainly when do I'm on the phone yourself? with them. Who the hell is that? Who the hell is that? Well, especially yeah. When what are I'm you recording. making me do? Yeah. Oh my God, what's happening? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, they're uh, they still got an accent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what 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 racket was your dad in? He well, right now he works for uh, the University of North Carolina Charlotte. Yeah. Before that, he was in a, a small company called Bank of America. Oh, so th- is that where it's centered? Well, there's lots. There were, uh, were, and at the time, a bunch of banks were centered: Wachovia yeah. and Bank of America and First Union. And now, wow. now, and it, you know, went from. So, so you got any good hillbilly stories? 
do I? Yeah. Uh, like I, when you were growing up, like because like I have I've talked to people from the south. Yeah. And and I and I always apologize for my uh, my I, I've grown to I like the south a lot, mm-hmm. but it always gets characterized as, as sort of like the classic. Any hick voice is like, I don't know. You I know. know. Like no matter where they're from, it's like I met this guy in Wyoming. Oh shit! Yeah, mm-hmm. they didn't talk like that there. No. Hey, every hick has to have that. Hey, well, I'm not. You know, it does feel like the go-to. Right. Like, like you go there and you're like, well, it's not so. But there's much there's like that. intelligent people that talk oh, with that accent. <laughs> well, they, but most of those people are just using it. You know, in a different type of way. You know, yeah, right, so, oh, Jim. Yeah. Oh my yeah, God, yeah. we just enjoy you over here. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. you should get on that show, Seinfeld. <laughs> do, oh, did they say that to you? Mm, now? They did when that show was on. They'd always go, "You, you know, what you should do. You oh. should get on that show, Seinfeld. You should." I bet they'd appreciate a phone call from you and appreciate the gumption and just say, "I want to be on your show." <laughs> I love people have, who have no understanding of show business. They're being good-hearted, but they don't Absolutely. realize that they're knifing you when they say that. Why don't you just get on a successful show? Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, that's it, exactly. Don't you know anybody? Mm-hmm. Like what, it's our choice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what I've seen you in, I have not cared for. But here, are, here are a list of shows that I would approve if I saw you. <laughs> I don't always understand Seinfeld, but maybe you could bring some uh, some of that charm that you yes. have to it. But what did you study at theater in college? You know, I. I did did theater at Chapel Hill, but you know I think that's one of those things you look back and I wish I had actually majored in theater. I majored in film and television production, which is a a major that doesn't even exist there anymore. You know, because you're just using this archaic equipment. I mean, we were shooting our 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 films, quote unquote films, on three quarter video, right? You know, huge, and it, right. it just huge giant right. tapes like they would right. have on broadcast news that you're running yeah, yeah, yeah. running through the halls to to get it on air, and these giant packs you would strap over your shoulder and carry and yeah. white balance everything was just you know it didn't make Crazy. any sense. It took it took like six hours just to get everything up and oh, going, yeah. and now you and you probably didn't get it. No, you can probably, do it on your phone now. Yeah, no, it, I know this is like yeah, uh, back in the day. No, but it's true. But it was, it was, and 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 so looking back, I wish. I wish I'd majored in, in theater. They have such a great program there. And well, isn't there a big, a, th- uh, a sort of a film school now somewhere? I can't remember. Yeah, it, the North Carolina School of the Arts has a huge film. That's grant. pretty new, right? Yeah, that was. That's Danny McBride and those guys, yeah, right? That was one of the reasons. Yes, that was one of the reasons that uh, they had sort of folded the major I had because you know North Carolina School of the Arts, another I guess state school, you know, had this. Yeah. This program, and so, you were already finishing up by the time. Well, you're... we were the last ones. They were like, as soon as us, they folded it into the the journalism school, which is a strong school at Chapel Hill as well, and yeah. made it like a film theory. So, I guess if you've ever oh, really so no... want to just talk about film and really get sure. into the nuts and bolts of it, there's yeah. a place to go. I minored in that. Oh, did you? Sure. There you go. I, I've got a degree in conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so I know. I'm an English major with a film studies minor. That's that's what I am uh, uh, equipped to do. That's is perfect. Talk yeah, about movies. There you go. See, so when you when you but did you in in college were you about directing or did you know you wanted to act? Uh, a little bit of both because I they had a student television uh, station yeah. in Chapel Hill and I got involved with that and we were making you know just. The networks would foam at the mouths for the quality that we were. <laughs> do, do you <laughs> still we, have those tapes? Oh my god, yeah. Again, three quarter, which are useless. No, I did have you them transferred. Get them transferred. No, I've had them transferred to DVD. They're oh. fantastic because they're horrible, uh, both in the acting that I'm presenting, but also just in what I guess I oh. thought was hilarious. When do you get to release those? Oh, I, I should. I, I tell you, I should. I should post them because there was a show called General College, which was a uh, uh, soap opera. Mm-hmm. And um, by the time I sort of got involved, the soap opera had sort of faded and it just became sort of a standalone, like, 
episode to episode with these recurring characters and just oh just just horrendous stuff horrendous stuff i had broken my jaw in college and how'd uh, you do that oh imagine can you I, guess it, you didn't get hit did you no no i wish it was oh, a good fight no shit. it was just it was uh <clears throat> blacking out and not catching myself and landing right on the pavement you broke your jaw junk yeah yeah. Good for you. Yeah. That's hey, pretty Southern. Man, that yeah. was and that was freshman year, first oh, semester. Hell yeah. That's how you do it, man. Yeah, man. Oh, GM, you you really conquer college. <laughs> oh, I remember I called it got wired shut. Oh, how long was it wired shut for? It's wired shut for like th- about a month. Oh my god. About a month. And yeah. uh, and that was right when you started school, so you were Oh the, yeah, yeah, it was, you were th- it was first semester and I So you were the guy who <laughs> I just became the guy who walked around and, and the only How's that? How you doing? Yeah, no, it was like that. And it was like the only good news was there was no participation in class. You just go, I can't even do it. Okay. But you couldn't socialize. You were just were you yeah. like uh, automatically sort and, of isolated. As well, he... trust me, my social life took a huge hit because before this, <laughs> you were I was a freshman in college. The king of the Insta- Instantly, I was liked and loved. <laughs> <laughs> what, well, what, how was the high school experience for you? I was pretty good. Yeah. You, know, I, I you had friends? Play. People liked you? I did. Oh man! What the two of them? Yeah, were fantastic. Well, no, thank I, God. As oh long as they were loyal. Thank God for yeah. for Marty and Peanut. Um, <laughs> Peanut. It's got to be a guy named. Peanut. I, I hope so, Peanut. <laughs> uh, it was good. I, I enjoyed high school. I didn't have a you know? a, a bad experience. No, no there's got to be some badness. No bullying. No kicking ass. Well, I bullied. Did uh, you? Good for you. Oh yeah, you have to. Yeah, just to let learn. people know where yeah, you stay. You got to learn. You got to know both sides of it. <laughs> I uh, no, I I. What were you in high school? Were you a nerd or a, no? I, I think I'm that guy who hovers in between. You know, oh, like everywhere you, you shift. Right. Like in other words, you're friends with a number of people. Diplomat. Di- yeah, you're a diplomat. Exactly. Yeah. So you're funny enough to sort of bridge yourself into this popular group. Yeah. And then you're easily accessible to to well, you're probably more a member of the of this lower angle, but somehow you've huddled into the middle. Right. And, and you, then the and the stoners don't know how you pull it off. No. You're, and they're happier there. You know what you are? You're high school bearable. Yeah. That's, that's what you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, here's that guy. It's a funny yeah. guy. I don't hate him. I don't love him. <laughs> yeah. You know? He's, he's all right. He's okay. He made me laugh that time. He's that guy yeah, who did that, that one thing that wasn't, yeah. Yeah. was sort of funny. That was sort of funny. And then the jocks are sort of like, don't kick his ass. He made us, he's a, he's all right. Yeah, yeah. That guy. <laughs> exactly. That guy. Yeah. So, all right. So, so you go through the whole uh, carting around, making uh, funny videos that in retrospect aren't funny. Yeah. So what, what was the decision like, you know, I'm going to Hollywood. Yeah, that was, uh, there was, well, first I went through that, should I go to New York, you know, uh, and like, should I become a page at NBC and, and. Well, that was an option though. How old are you? Uh, I am 40. Okay. And so in my mind, I was like, you know, that was the way you got to SNL, you know, so getting, that, that, was getting your, that page program. <laughs> so you were looking at SNL from well, I thought I thought about that for a second. And then uh, I just realized, I, I just felt like that was limiting and, and, and I decided uh, to, do the pack, you know, get a, a, you know, used car, pack it up and, and drive to, to Olympic to, and La Cienega. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. What a place. When, <laughs> when, when you drove out, was it one of those sort of like, I'm free, I'm going to look at the country. Did you yeah. do that? I did Below. do a little bit of that. I was, you know, driving by yourself and I guess I didn't have really context like, ah, that doesn't seem very scary. Yeah. Uh, and I remember, you know, my car is pretty good and packed, which yeah. obviously if anyone's seen, uh, seen me in a hotel, probably should just take everything. But uh, And I had one of those great Macintosh pluses, you know, that small R2-D2 yeah, yeah, size the, one. Yeah, the, the rectangle? With the, yeah, the, with a little the screen. The yeah, screen sure. that you can barely see that's sort of a brown color, I think. Well, then you got that in college. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it was loaded with probably was, great papers. It's a gift. 
probably. It was, it was a gift. Of course, it was a gift. It was a welcome to college gift. It was a great computer. But uh, I remember, uh, yeah, I just drove across. I stopped. My mom obviously lived in New Mexico at the time, so I stayed with her for about a week, and then I finished finished the drive. Did what kind of car was it? Oh, it's like a Honda Accord, used, used, mm-hmm. passed down. Your own? Was it your? No, dad's? we got it for that. I didn't have a car until that. That really? Yeah, but you knew how to drive. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's just like I mean, when I first drove across country, I remember like you know I'm gonna, well, I'm gonna go, uh, I'm gonna go to Memphis and go to Graceland, get that done, and then I'm gonna go to Texas and I want to go to the Mark Rothko Chapel in Houston. <laughs> Because I want to see those paintings, mm-hmm. you know, and I get some reading done on the train. Like I did, like a lot of that kind of stuff. Like, tr- you know, chasing down, uh, you know, people I respected and idolized. Yeah. Were you? A, did you have uh, literature, or poets, or things? No, that you I needed? felt. I feel like mine was the uh, much was more lame. Yeah. <laughs> I think I just sort of made my way across. <laughs> you know, you spent a long time in the Panhandle and realized how long you'd been there. And other yeah. than that, yeah. you know, I think I just wow, Oklahoma's oh, long. Oh, I think in my mind, I was just like, gotta get to New Mexico. Oh, New Mexico. <laughs> That's great. That's like one of the great crossings. Like if you drove across, uh, across yeah. the Panhandle, it's like the change between either mm-hmm. Texas or Oklahoma and New Mexico is is it's huge. It's, yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. beautiful. It is beautiful. You get to uh, you get to Los Angeles, and like I, I, the first time I came to LA, I had no idea what I was getting into any anywhere. You yeah, know? and I left. I was only here a year, but I stayed at a friend's house. Was in show business, and I'm like, "All right, let's write a screenplay." And then we did that, and then I ended up in Hollywood. What is that? Oh my god, who's phone? what's happening? Oh, it's this. Are we taking calls? No. Oh, okay. That's okay if we are. That was horrible. Now watch the fax machine will pick up. But like, what were your expectations? What were? There it is. There's wow. the fax. Wow. Uh, it could be important though. No, we don't know what's I'm gonna through. I'm gonna have to unplug that. Okay. You stay on the mic. I'm staying on the mic. Oh, oh, oh my God! Uh, can I get a can I get a place where uh, we are speaking? Yes, uh, you're in a garage. Oh man, this garage is full, Peter. Where's Peanut? Oh, he's not here. I shouldn't be doing both lines for both characters. It's not working, guys. This fax, this fax is going crazy. Oh my God! All right. Okay. Hey, it's weird. It's for you. And then on the other line, someone's like, "If we can just get this fax to Mark." <laughs> Yeah, it's important. <laughs> this contract. <laughs> Please tell Jim not to talk about any of his past. Yeah. <laughs> what? That's a classic fax from my mom. <laughs> Jim, don't say anything to the man on the Jim. microphone. Mm-mm. I'm faxing you. <laughs> I don't she... have time to call or leave a message. <laughs> I got to get this fax to you. Does she talk like that? No. Oh, all. I wish she did. I know. I do too now. Damn it. No, she talks boring. So like, were you set up when you got here? Were you like, okay, I got a guy. I know that guy. And no. He's going to help. Nothing. I was I I I knew like a a guy who graduated two years before me is basically yeah. where my first connection was made and I I remember he lived in uh in Manhattan Beach which anyone's out here knows it's 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 quite south of of Los Angeles isn't it weird when you get here that first time and you're like what? yeah what? you can't even wrap your brain around you can't wrap it and I came in at night and so I woke up in Manhattan Beach and again anyone who's been there it's beautiful right it's beautiful and it's quaint yeah and it is anything but LA at the time right and so when I woke up I was like LA is awesome this is the best so in my head I'm thinking I'm gonna find a place this is beautiful yeah. it's quaint I love the shops I'm walking around and then all of a sudden <laughs> it's like the first time I had to drive to LA yeah. quote unquote yeah. to uh, I think I was going to some uh, audition and I realized, oh, I'm not even where close 
(laughs) You were going to an audition? No, I was going to the Groundlings Theater, actually. I I had heard about the Groundlings, and I I was going to take a... uh, go to the audition and so I had no idea and of course so, I got completely lost but that was your that was your plan you had a plan when you got out here well I I th- within that first week in in Manhattan Beach and yeah. realizing I was nowhere close to Los Angeles in a way uh I had heard some someone had told me about the groundlings right and so uh that's I went there blindly you, you know? didn't you didn't know that I just knew it was sketch comedy people. improv improv you, no and you'd not done any of that before I did some imp- uh, some bad improv in college. Right, but I think we all did. Sure. We were all in we were all in buckets of nuts. Or, yeah, sure, or, sure. Or you know, um, this is funny. Yeah, they- <laughs> <laughs> knock knock. Who's there? We are. You know, any of these great numbers, any of these great groups that exist in college. Sure, I swear. Yeah. I wish somebody would do. I, I maybe it's not funny. I just feel like the improv world would be such a funny. If everyone told which what their group's what name, what your was. group name was, <laughs> and then see that movie of some big. Improv festival jam. Oh, oh that, maybe it's they, only funny to some people. Maybe no, there's already been one. I don't know. I don't know. Do they have that? Do they have improv? Uh, oh, they group? have festivals. I know that. Where, where competing groups go mm-hmm. with all the names. Well, oh god, yeah. I've been oh, to. I went to one in Chicago. It was called the Big Stinkin', I think. Or was that in Austin? I've been Whoa. to one in Austin and one, one in Chicago. You got to make that. that movie. How fun! How fun would that uh, be? Uh, like a fake documentary? You do a. You get improvisers to improvise. An Being improvisers. Improvisers. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Exactly. It writes itself. Oh, it's already written. It speaks itself. I'm watching it. We should copyright it. <laughs> it's copyright. If anyone does it, and Stamped. you listen to this, yeah. But the uh, yeah. So I went straight there. No, wait, am I part of that? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, good. Oh, so God, it's I was our born project? here. No, no, you added some great information, <laughs> hints, improv, and we literally have yes ended our way yeah. to a, a, a huge budget movie. This is the pitch. <laughs> this is the pitch. It's a, it's. A, I'm hold on. I'm registering it at the guild right now. Yeah, registered, registered. So anyone, you just yep. just give up. Yep. I would love that you just play this back for the pitch because we don't really have time to talk about it again. But just only, listen to this podcast. Yeah, only if you go in with me. No, no, no. Just sit here. Yeah, okay, we're gonna play this for go you. Go to you minute go. twenty. You'll <laughs> love it. <laughs> We'll be outside. Mm-hmm. Let's know Let us, us know. <laughs> there's some great stuff about a fax. Yeah. Listen to the beginning, too. There's weird information where yeah, you don't yeah. know Jim's. You don't know who it is. is. Yeah. Just some weird guy talking about it. But, uh, so, okay, so you, you drive to Hollywood, to yeah. the Groundlings, which is on, what, Melrose? It's on Melrose, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What was that? Because I've, ta- I've only talked to a few Groundlings, oddly. Rachel, Rachel uh, Harris. Harris. Yes. Did we you? came through the same, the same exact time. I think she mentioned that. Uh, yeah, she came through. We were both in the what's called the Sunday Company, which is sort of like your, you know, uh, uh, I guess the farm team until you're sort of moved into the main company. But when you auditioned, it's it's just interesting to me. You had really no idea what you're getting into. I did and, not. And no, the history I, of the place, or this was you were an actor. You had pictures. Mm-hmm. Did you come with pictures? I think I came with a headshot because they told you to bring one. Yeah. So you had a headshot done mm-hmm. in North Carolina. Well, I'd already had that. I, I had the headshot. Done out here. Oh, you By did? my first week, I sort of got started. Oh, oh really? You yeah. went right to it. Oh, yeah. Right well, you go. have to get yeah, right sure. to it. And it's a beautiful black and white picture and um, still have with those? probably a sweater vest, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A smile. Seems, every- did, did you have a composite? Did, like, oh, the- no, I did. I think, I, I think luckily, age-wise, I, I missed the composite <laughs> generation, you know, just by, by a hair, yeah, literally. Yeah. But uh, uh, I did not have a composite. Oh, good. They're fantastic. Well, that's good. The composite, different expressions, oh different hats. I'm holding a phone. I yeah. can be a construction worker. <laughs> I could be a secretary. I can use scissors. I mean, you could use, you can pretty much take a picture of whatever you want. <laughs> I can use scissors. Look at me. <laughs> 
<laughs> I did. I, I remember you do you when you write your special skills. Yeah. And to look back on those and say, yeah. what was I thinking? Putting yeah. putting you, some of these special. Well, just like first of all, you write oh, down, on your resume. You write dumb dialects. Sure. As if someone's like, oh, okay. You know, I <laughs> could do put, British. I probably put, had British. Yeah. Southern. That's probably all I had. Yeah. North and, Carolina. In North Carolina. Yeah. yeah specific. Regional. Regional. <laughs> Regional. I do not. I don't. Regional Southern dialect. Regi- oh, that's fantastic. Uh, that's great. They, they they go. This is. Uh, we need. Uh, uh, we're looking for more of Georgia. I'm sorry. I cannot. No. I cannot. <laughs> that's out of my wheelhouse. I can give you house. Virginia. I can give you a little bit of Tennessee. Uh, but the. Um, uh, yeah. No. I remember. I remember. I put. I could juggle, but I remember putting juggling, and that got me in trouble because I went to some audition where it was like more professional jugglers. But you know, oh, anybody, so anybody can grab three tennis balls, and sure. most likely. But you're can. in the waiting room with the guy with rings. Oh yeah, as soon Five. as I got there, I was like, yeah. oh, I, I shouldn't be. The guy here. with a chainsaw, machete, mm-hmm. and an apple. Mm-hmm. The guy yeah. from Venice Beach. Oh yeah. my God, he's here. He's here. Yeah. Oh, he's here. I love that I already knew him. Oh boy, that guy that from guy, Venice Beach yeah. is here. That's amazing. Well, juggling's a weird thing because I, that's something you really only learn if you're not doing your homework. Like yeah. I like juggling. I remember in college, like I'm gonna, you know, and then you mm-hmm. get the two balls in one hand, mm-hmm. and you know, for hours. Oh yeah, yeah. And then there's that moment. That. There was that moment and then where toss. you toss. Boom! I know yeah, that I love, moment though. That's that moment that you actually yeah. get it. You might get oh, one. Yeah, it's, it's happening. <laughs> it's happening. My life has purpose. I can juggle three balls. <laughs> it's an amazing moment. It really is. A, anyone who out there, it's just one of those things. Like, but don't talk yeah. about something else that needs to be in a movie. Sure. Just the moment you learn. Yeah, to yeah, start now, people. You Tears. start with two balls, tennis balls. Get those mm-hmm. going in one hand, mm-hmm. and then you know you'll just kind of move the left hand. Yeah, and then at like, some point, let that just ball throw go. it in there and see yeah. what happens. You know, what I love is they always had those. You know, when you get those books on juggling, yeah. like you know, klutz juggling for klutz or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, and it would always be a drawing where they just drew a dotted line to show you where that ball needs to go. go. And you yeah, go, yeah. I don't think this drawing is helping <laughs> at all. <laughs> the trajectory. So yeah, jugg- you did go to a juggling audition though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a com- it was a commercial audition, and, and they they asked for professional jugglers. And so by the time I got there, and I saw people like really juggling, uh, and I I literally brought you know three tennis balls, <laughs> and other people had like like you said Stuff. pins, yeah, yeah. you know yeah. uh, whatever they yeah. wanted to juggle. So I sort of. I decided to go scratch my name out. Like I'd already signed yeah. in. I said, I'm just, mm, this is not for me and I do not care to go inside. So I started scratching. Of course, she comes out of the room and I'm erasing it. And anybody who's ever been on a commercial audition never, knows, yeah. one, that for some reason there's two things that will piss them off. One yeah. is erasing and messing up this this complicated sign-in sheet. Yeah. And she's like, she says, um, is there a problem? I go, well, I don't, I'm not really a professional juggler. She goes, uh-huh, this is for professional jugglers. As if I, I know, I just said that to you. I don't know why you're throwing back my comment with you know more venom than I gave to you, but that and then when they when you go to your headshots and they yeah. used to staple right and you would always you'd be sitting in that room and inevitably someone would come out and goes guys do not staple your headshots the clients are cutting their fingers and it is <laughs> and I love they're so mad because they're cutting their fingers on staples. <laughs> So you always get berated for something. Oh my god, that that's uh, the audition thing is uh, is too hilarious. It never yeah. stops being funny. No. So when, but that is, was that the moment where you realized like, wow, show business is large. You're at an audition requiring professional jugglers, mm-hmm. and there's ten there, and you're like, much bigger than I. Yeah, ever the pool imagined. is much bigger than I thought. I did, need. Did you do those auditions before you did the Groundlings, or do or no? Uh, commercially, maybe a. a as I once I got into the school, yeah. school program at Groundlings, I, I was primarily going out for commercials, you know, um, yeah. and um, 
And that's, you know, that's a world within itself. Did you, you know? do a lot of them? I didn't. You know, I, I, I think I did one or two. I just, I didn't. And, and I think it's true. There are people that just click into that. And I, I don't know what that secret is. Yeah. But they get on a run and then, you know, directors want to use them and you see them all the time. And then they become saturated and they take some time off and they come right back. And, you know, and I, I, I never really got into that world uh, like that. So all of a sudden you're, you're a, a big guy. Mm-hmm. And and you've been around for a long time trying to do this. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you feel about your career in retrospect, but I mean, you, this the last couple of years have been huge for you. I I would say yeah, the last you know, few years starting probably with, you know, with community starting 3 years ago and then this whole thing has been a complete change. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, I I think in retrospect, looking back, I think I was pretty lucky in the sense of like uh, there were a number of years nothing was happening, of course, with anyone. I was waiting tables, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. I was waiting tables at uh, uh, Calendars on Wilshire. Uh, which is oh, the yeah, fancy yeah, yeah. Marie calendars. But but that was, had you done some work and you were still waiting tables? I mean, like, oh, that's, yeah, yeah. I, think I had done that commercial with still waiting tables because you, you realize pretty fast, especially in a commercial that was like a limited run, like right. a month. Yeah, there's no reason to quit your job. Right. If you have not made it, you know? And so I was, you know, going out com- commercials, uh, waiting tables, uh, and taking classes. That was pretty much the beginning. And what, in terms of the classes, who were, who were the people you were working with? You were working with Rachel, but like Will Ferrell was still around and all those people were Will still Will Ferrell probably was in the company when I first started. What year are we talking? Oh, God. Let's see. I've been in the Groundlings. Uh, I've been an actual member almost 13 years and then a year. You're always a member? A year. Once you're a member? Well, I mean, you. Uh, I haven't, st- I am still actually in the company, but you can step down and become an alumni. So right. uh, I have not, which. You still go work over there? Oh yeah, I do the improv shows more often. I've directed sketch shows. I uh-huh. haven't, I haven't actually performed in a sketch show in probably over a year or more. Uh, but I've directed since then. So I, I'm definitely pulling away as far as that kind of stuff. But I still love doing improv, and that's such easy just to show up. Uh-huh. It's better than going out and buying your wigs. Just to play. <laughs> your costumes. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. writing bad bits. <laughs> I, I think I've done enough of that. Oh, there's always something like whenever I do stand-up shows at the UCB, there's always some, you know, there's another show after. Every show is an hour, and you're, you're always kind of like, you know you're running long, and Mr. Waffle's probably getting yeah. upset. In the oh, dress God, room. that's a great group. <laughs> I love Mr. Waffle. They're great. Mm-hmm. Cutting edge stuff. Well, I love they run out and they go, anyone up for some extra syrup? <laughs> and no one knows what that means, but that means they want to go a little extra long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they all know what it means. And they, that's all that's important when yeah. you're a group. Yeah, and they're just waiting for the audience to sort of get that as their catchphrase <laughs> sure. and chime in with them. Who's got the t-shirt? <laughs> I'm an extra syrup guy. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, so I, I don't know what year that was Farrell was in, but he was probably... He and Kathy Griffin, and they, they might have been in the company when I first started classes, but it takes a while to go through all the classes. That's like a four- So it's like the early 90s here? Yeah, probably. Yeah? Yeah. No, it would be, let's see, I got out here in 94, uh, so this would have been 95, 96. Is that, and so did everything sort of start happening at once, or did you get visibility and a manager from the Groundlings, or how did No, that it took a while. I, I wasn't really, anything was happening, and then I ended up doing, uh, after one of my classes, a classmate wrote a play, a small one act or something. And uh, funny, uh, not the best of plays, but you know, we did a little run of it. Isn't at, that weird uh, theater in LA? It's kind of weird, right? It's very weird. It all has a purpose. It's never a theater for theater's sake. It's no. all like a one man show, and we're going to bring people in. Uh huh. Oh my god. Well, oh, I've done plenty of not the one man shows, but I've done like we, you know, we finished a class level at the Groundlings where you you actually do write sketches. Yeah. And then we're like, oh my god, this this 
the cl- the audience, which is family and friends, loved our sketch show. Yeah. We should totally take this for an eight to ten week run somewhere <laughs> in it. Did you? And then we did. We rented this uh, uh, the Stella Adler Theater up on uh, Hollywood Boulevard, yeah. which is way too big yeah. for a bunch of people to do a sketch show. And I remember that we got a good deal on it uh, because a friend in our group had a friend who worked at Stella Adler. Yeah. But they were getting ready to do Tennessee Williams. So right. they said, unfortunately, we cannot take the Tennessee Williams sketch down. Uh, oh, yeah. The set down. So they said, you have to do your sketch show on the existing set. Which so were, so here we it? had this, like, Vic, Vic, what do you call those, Victrolas, sure, right? The, uh, yeah. So we have all this elegant furniture, and we're trying to do these sort of modern office scenes, <laughs> sitting on this antique furniture. And then th- that show closed, and a Greek play opened. So we did the second half of our run on this, on this weird Greek steps that was sort of just a collection of steps and platforms. So literally to make an exit out of a scene, you went up the stairs. So it's like, I'm out of here. Click up, up the stairs. And which for sketch, where timing is everything, it just killed. Oh, it was horrible. And you didn't riff on it either one? <laughs> it was it, it was at a point where we thought these sketches were so perfect, they could not be changed. No. It was horrible. Rachel Harris was in that, oh, in really? that show. Yeah, and, yeah. And that, she can tell you. And uh, how was the response to that show? Uh, <laughs> the first night when you got enough of your friends to come, yeah, great. great. Then when regular people came, or the five that would, yeah. it uh, there was many a night that I had to make an entrance from the back of the room and someone wasn't leaving early. So uh, it was one of those things like, that's, thank you for coming, you know, as I as you're in some crazy outfit. <laughs> Bless you for coming. There's just those moments where you're trying to do this thing and... You know, you have those moments where you know exactly where you are and what you're doing. And yeah. There's 10 people in a largely empty theater. Mm-hmm. There's this, the streetcar set is up <laughs> and you're about to do your goofy sketch yeah. on stage. Yeah. You're walking through with intent and purpose. Yeah. It's like, you have, I love the streetcar and then there's some bad <laughs> exposition set up. Like, uh, oh, Phil's come here. You didn't invite Phil, did you? <laughs> and then open the antique, you know, the beautiful Tennessee Williams door. It creaks and you come in and, hey, Guys, did someone say me? <laughs> and and then, laughter ensues. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. <clears throat> nice, nice. The Simpsons cough. Oh, five people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right. So, how do you get from there? What were your first gigs? My very first, my first uh, outside of commercials, my first line ever was uh, on the sh- on the the show Sybil. Nice. Civil Shepherd. Yeah. Uh, I think I... It was a one-line uh, It one was line, a one-line one event. It was maybe a two-liner. Yeah. It was sort of like, uh, I think the first line was something like uh, asking who was the owner of a certain make of car, I can't remember, and then Sybil said, that's me. And then I had the second hilarious line, oh, well, it's been towed. You parked in Betty White's spot and something, something, something. Right. Well, did you were you always cast? I mean, you do have a. I'm trying to figure out what your character is or well, what they were using you as because now you go through phases because I, I, the now the character is so like over the top and hilarious. Yes. I mean, Dean Pelton is like this thing yeah. unto himself. Yes. But before you were sort of like, were you the persnickety? Yes, I went through. I went through nebbish nerd, persnickety assistant. Uh-huh. You know, uh, you know, uh, fay assistant to uh uh oh god angry guy <laughs> to you're angry guy oh i've well, i've done that sort of like snarky i've done you go through these like, weird things Asshole, where you, you you audition and you got this part and then all of yeah. a sudden they think of you for these things sure. so it's it's weird you you basically are always battling that that last job you just had you're always so battling what, whatever you were seen as what last what was I'm the sure. biggest battle 
to to overcome uh, persnickety? Because that well, seems the most limiting. Persnickety can be very limiting. I have no idea what's going to happen. You know, knock on wood, it's not anytime soon. But once Dean Pelton, we have to close our doors. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to fight this battle, not to be, you know, known as, you know, Dean what, Pelton. I think. What would you call that guy? What? 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 what, what oh my God! Well, I I, I think it's some, almost it's sexual almost, deviance has also been something that I've I've latched onto because I did Reno. I did, yeah, I did Reno and and now this. I think I've hit sort of this little pocket zone. <laughs> but but of, so I get people he, who are. It's almost like pushing. It's almost camp. Yes. No, this is a lot of fun. I I, I joke when I don't think I can get past this by any means because I I love playing this this character. Uh, so it could be hard for me to even categorize it as deviancy because it's so over the top and it's, well, it's so... too it's too innocent and yeah, like yeah. I, I think he just I think at the at the core it's just I want to be loved, <laughs> you know. And then yes, my apartment if you put a black light to it may be gross, but other than that, I'm at my heart I'm a wonderful person. <laughs> right there's not a lot of darkness there, really. No, I don't think so. I and, think I think he's he's a guy who's on a mission to do right by the school and do right by the people who come through the school. I think his heart is always in the right place. But he's never self conscious of and of, of how he's presenting himself. Well, what I love is that in the beginning, like I think it was second season, I I tried to make it. Uh, I had an, a line where I was making an excuse that I was borrowing my sister's costume, and then after that, the the excuse never never came up again. Yeah. It's as if he said, "Oh, now I have introduced." They just understand every time I come in here. Oh, he went to his sister's and borrowed another outfit. You yeah. know, in his mind, he's like, "I've already I've already opened that gate." Yeah, so we're I don't need to, to explain myself no, anymore. You get it. You get it. <laughs> <laughs> how did you uh how did you get together with uh with Harmon? Uh it was th- strictly through the audition, you know. They were already shooting the pilot uh and I had uh not met Dan at the time and went in and Dan and and the subsequent powers that be were uh, on the set and they were having, you know, the casting for for specifically for the dean and uh that was it. So they were already middle of shooting and so I just auditioned. So it wasn't you didn't submit a writing package because you're a writer on the show too, aren't no, you? No, no, I'm not a writer. Not at no, all. No, no, just just acting. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Do you and how much input do you have though? No, in- uh, none. I mean in the sense that I I just this is like that's the the job for me is just the acting, you know, and and uh outside of like you know the occasional improv that that I or any of us Donald Glover is a big improviser, and any of us might throw something in, but for the most part, it's what's on the page. It's such a tight show. I mean, I guess you would, uh, watching it, it's not like you're sitting there going, they riff that, because there were 30 shots in yeah, the no. scene. Yeah, if no. If, if you're looking for one, it's usually going to be the button of a scene. That's right. probably most likely where you'll see one within, in the middle, but it's such a, it's such a dense you know, it's there's so much going on. It's so fast. It's really hard to like throw something in, especially you know you'd see these gargantuan speeches they might give Joel to do. Right <clears throat> there is there's not much room. But it, but after working on something like Reno, because that was these are the two. Was that yes. the longest standing job you had? I mean, or did you have this a, is the longest? As right, far but as I mean, you scene, did but, a lot of episodes. I on did. Reno. I did about six episodes, I think. Or well, you know, it's hard because you go and you shoot a bunch of stuff, and then they break up all that stuff and might use it on subsequent episodes. You right. Know? So. So we were like, for example, the first season I was just at there. What was their sort of bordello, this kitty cat lounge house? And we did tons of setups, you know, I, you know, different setups for um, scenarios. Sorry, and those would be spread out over a couple of episodes. But I did Andrew for for the, a few seasons. Yeah, and that, that's that's completely improv and completely a blast. I mean, it's just like working with those guys. 
with Tom and with uh, Tom and Dan, yeah, and, uh, all of them, Carlos, yeah, it? yeah, uh, all of them was so great, yeah, and and then like the difference between just having that that must be like a party, <laughs> just kind of riffing the whole. Oh time. yeah, yeah, you but just... like with Harmon, I've had him in here, and uh, there's very few people that y- you know. Uh, it's just sort of like some sort of genius of some kind. No, Dan, I, <laughs> just no, don't. it is you. First of all, you won't. He knows any and everything, both pop culture, uh, TV. Any, I, maybe there's nothing he doesn't know. But one of the things I will say uh, that has always impressed me from the writer's side of me is watching his process and his ability to break story, which sounds. What does which, that mean to the average guy? Well, you know, he has a, a sort of a uh, his own version of a story circle. You can actually see it on like a blog or something where it's it's sort of like the hero's journey. It's 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 an elaboration or a a, a simplified version of of I think it's Joseph Joseph Conrad. Campbell. Yeah, Campbell. Campbell that's yeah. right. So it's it's his sort of version of it, which sort of simplifies it in my Each mind. Each show, huh? Or in or the he, whole. Arc that's how it. they track it. You you walk into the writers' room and you'll see that circle up on that white whiteboard and it's sliced into pie pieces and and they've labeled everything so for, I, for an episode or for the entire series? well both i think for for a series arc you know especially this this year we we i think they were mapping up much more of a like a wire arc and then but each subsequent episode you know is is mapped out and i i envy that because i think he has just a great um handle on story which for each is, character I think for everything. I think yeah. I think for the evolution of these characters, I think he always talks about the third chapter, which is our third season, is the chapter, if you were looking at the circle, sort of their darkest hour. You know, it's like this season's been about all the characters questioning who they are, why they're there, challenging, you know, themselves as individuals and being faced with what they have to do to grow. You right. Know? And I think everyone had at least an episode they can point to that said, oh, this got into the nuts and bolts of this person. Yeah. And so the fourth season, as we go into it, hopefully is this sort of uh, what they learn in this chapter and to the, the new beginning. So this know? is uh, the change. Yeah. How, I would they, say, I'd say how I, they've changed. I would imagine going. the fourth season will have that sort of spirit. You know? It's so sad to me that something so inspired and so you know meticulous and, and uh, brilliant you know, it's just at the hands of these number crunchers who yeah. don't have any vision, and they're scared, and they, you know, they're just everything gonna... is. It's it's incredibly archaic the way that ratings are understood or scored. It's like how can technology advance as it has, and us still rely on five people in the Midwest or anywhere, not you know, with a box to tell us. Who's watching what? You know, I don't mean five, but you know, it's, well, no, it's a small it's a, number. There's a paradigm in place that I, I think, uh, sadly, uh, there, there's still a bit of smoke and mirrors going on in terms of mm-hmm. of, of advertisers. Like, it, I, I think that just from doing a podcast, I know exactly how many people watch this, yeah. and and there's a way to know that, yeah, with anything, yeah. But I think they don't want to do that because then the jig might be up. Yeah, because uh, if av- saying, yeah. you know if advertisers, well, there's some, yeah, absolutely, and I think some networks would prefer when you're on top, you prefer like, no, no, this system works. Sure, it, let's keep poor. it vague. Yeah. Our, our Nielsen numbers for this age group, like from the from the eighteen to eighteen and a half. <laughs> Those yeah. Ca- yeah. we got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God! Based Remember on... being eighteen and eighteen and a half? Yeah. You couldn't stop purchasing. <laughs> you purchased all the time. <laughs> But I think that's I think they're hiding a big lie, and yeah. I don't know, and and I don't know how it all comes crumbling down. But but you know, ultimately, what ends up paying the price are great shows that that are are. 
But I just I never understand how something that has such a passionate following like like community would ever be in doubt. I mean, just you know, mm-hmm. you watch it, you're like, oh my god, every every thirty seconds, it's like, what's happening here? Yeah, yeah, it's it's you know, I think there. Are, any any shows that have a rabid fan base, you know, who went through something like this, you yeah. know, who survived longer than yeah. anticipated or or against all odds. Right. And it really is because the fans travel to wherever we went, we went you know, and the fans uh, sound off and right. utilize, utilize everything but to let you, it be known. But, like, I don't – like, it, never, it always baffles me. Like, I can watch that show in any episode, you know, without knowing anything. Mm-hmm. Is is so meticulously? Uh, it's elaborate. It's it's multi leveled in in the way it's uh, you know satirizing pop culture and drawing on pop culture and dealing with these characters. Like at any point you enter that show, you're like, holy shit! A lot of work went into this. Yeah, no one's pretending to be like, we just live at this house and Mm-mm. that's my kid. That's that. It really does what I love about the show and in other shows like Community that challenge I think people, yeah. which is the idea that how can you these people are changing and it's never the same thing but at the core the characters are always there right you know we can go to space we can we can just sit in a room and yeah. look, look for a pin but the the but the characters is what we're there for it's like you went to cheers because you love those characters right you probably don't remember what happened that one in that particular right. one you just remember that you enjoy these people and that's any show you love, that's what you're looking for, and that's oh, what I, I believe in this show. Sure, and I just think like they were right at the cusp where those Cheers people are too old to really care about television anymore. That they're yeah you know, they're mm-hmm. they're still clinging on mm-hmm. to some of those numbers somehow. Yes, and and they're just like, when are they just going to stop it's just mattering? A- they, they don't. When are they not going to be able to buy anything anymore? Yeah, <laughs> you know, so, right, right. <laughs> so when are these kids that enjoy us so much are going to be have disposable income? When is that going to happen? When is that going to happen? Yeah, exactly. Now, I I have to assume that winning an Oscar was not necessarily in the in the it, cards at the time. Well, I mean at all. Yeah, I, no. I I mean for I mean we I for let's walk through the process of yeah. this. Now, so you're an actor, and I don't know if a lot of people know this, but you know, many actors are doing whatever the hell they can. You know, a lot of people have scripts. A lot of people choose to do projects. A lot of people try to get as many plates in the air as possible uh, to to get something going. Yeah. What was what was the plan with this? It it, it in a very similar sort of fashion. Uh, we I my writing partner Nat Faxon, who I met an at actor the, as well, an actor as well. He's been in tons of stuff, and and uh, he and I met at the Groundlings. Same thing with Rachel. We were all coming through the same time. And it was one of those things where you were constantly going out as an actor and, and like we were just touching upon, you get sort of lopped in these sort of areas and, and you know what your voice would be or something or what you would love to be seen as. So we just said one summer, let's just write a pilot and, you know, had this idea and, and we workshopped it at the Groundlings and tried it on stage, a stage version. Anyway, that cut to we actually ended up doing it at ABC back in like 2005. You shot a pilot. We shot a pilot. What it did, was it? It was called Adopted. And it was um, it was sort of based on both my sister and I are adopted, and we it's sort of based on the idea of of a biological mother finding uh, her um, son after when he was around in his twenties. Did something. you have that happen? No, my sister did. My sister's biological mother found her via like private investigator type thing. Uh, around the time I was at Chapel Hill, and she was at law school in Chapel Hill. Uh, she was getting ready to get married, and I, uh, I understood that that to be almost like the last little 
piece that they put together her whereabouts was her probably her her wedding announcement but uh in the paper or whatever but uh yeah she contacted her she never ended up meeting them they they exchanged sort of letters and and uh, my sister just didn't feel the need to meet her at that time but uh it got us thinking you know has she since met her no she never did no, it was well. That's interesting to me because my brother has three adopted kids. We'll get back to the show in a minute. This yeah, yeah, absolutely. The, as an adopted person, I mean, do you know your backstory? No, I know. All? I have uh, my mom um, wrote down basically on a little <laughs> yellow sheet of paper their notes. You know that things that she shared knew of them, and it was uh, from what I understand, it was um, just. I think. I think. He was in the military. She, I don't know if she shared with him that I, uh, she had a child. I don't know if that's true or not, but there was, it was definitely, I think she, I think it was, she was the daughter of a minister. Really? And they were very young. Uh, these are like the pieces I, I sort of recall that. The I daughter was... of a minister got pregnant by a guy in the military mm-hmm. out of wedlock. Yes. And definitely young. Uh-huh. And that's pretty much the nuts and, and the bolts you, of it. So you don't know where your mother got you? Well, I was definitely born in Charlotte, so it was and at she an was agency in Charlotte. there. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I was born there, and that's where. And I was they'd adopted. Heard, they'd already adopted your sister. My sister, three years earlier, they had adopted her, and then adopted me. How old were you when you when they got you? An infant. Isn't that? It's fascinating. It's fascinating because now my and I think I always knew. I think they were very upfront with me as soon as I could understand. You always knew you were adopted. Yeah, I still own the book. There's a book called The Chosen Baby, which I still have literally at home. It's like an old ratty edition, but it's it's like a book. It's basically what you would imagine that little children's book Here's is about. Here's the instructions you were for chosen. being adopted. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's like... <laughs> Here's what you are. Yeah. yeah. Deal it, with it. It's really a harsh book. It just says, someone gave you up. Yeah. They didn't care for yeah, your mommy face. mommy didn't love you. Yeah, your mom and dad were like... Not as attractive as I wanted him to be. They put you in a basket and set you down a river. And luckily, this old fisherman happened to bottle. And then sold you. And sold you to, to your, your parents. Your parents are. And strangely, that book works for every single child who's adopted. Well, <laughs> they haven't even rewritten it. Well, hey, if it works, why fix it? Why fix it? No, it was like an old book, but you know, you get the idea of what the book but, would be about. Sure, but my, my, my brother adopted three kids, all of them. Took, literally went to the hospital, met the parents. Some he met the parents before. Were they all the same parents? No, no. there are three different situations mm-hmm. where the you know he basically on, on, on almost all of them met the mother at least while they were pregnant and and had these conversations. Oh, okay, and uh, to me it's just it's it's fascinating because you know all these kids know and they can have access to this information if yeah. they want it. They're not holding it back. But as far as I know. Uh, none of them have really, you know, the oldest is 14. Yeah. But I, I just wonder, that, that was never this driving thing in your head? Like, I got to I, I gotta don't know. know. I, 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 I'm sure people, some people do that. I've, I've heard that more often women will go in search of that, at least information, because they want to have children uh later oh so they want to know like, so i think know, what well, am, what am i going to be yeah dropping what out will of i me? drop out of me yeah <laughs> what genetic disaster <laughs> what? is waiting where, to happen where am i from and what possibilities of somebody who has a or two yeah. or five eyes <laughs> right and why did my parents throw me away is that a problem <laughs> is that a problem if, will i be more likely to put the baby in the basket so yeah, the yeah. old fisherman sure. grips it you yeah. know the classic story right, but it sure. was i i have never felt that desire not that I don't think I ever would, you know, curiosity. I don't know if I have a need to meet them, but I feel like most, more often than not, 
they tell you that the situation that you have found yourself in as being adopted is going to always be better. In other words, right. I think most people go and, and search, and I think you're going to be, for the most part, let down. Yeah. or Unless or, it was circus people and you really wanted to be yeah. be there. And and you had kids of your own. Mm-hmm. And you're like, look, a new grandma who is also a clown. <laughs> yeah, also yeah. a clown. Oh, <laughs> yeah. my God. What a world. No, but it's just it, I, a very strange thing ha- happened in my life. Around this, I, I had an ex-girlfriend who had a sister. Sister was, you know, tragically, you know, murdered. Then the mother, after that happened, you know, you know all of a sudden told the, the woman I know, my ex-girlfriend, that she has a brother that she didn't know about that wow. she had put up for adoption, went and found this guy, you know, and now, you know, they have a relationship with this half brother. And to me, that's just mind blowing. That's mind blowing. Yeah. And, and I, I guess that, you know, if the curiosity isn't there and obviously it would be disappointing, but only in the sense that, uh, you know, the best that could happen mm-hmm. is you have an emotional connection and then they explain to you what the situation was. Yeah. That's the, that best would be the best happen. case scenario. And, and you know, you, yeah, wherever that might happen, some you know, sure, sizzler on the side of the high freeway or wherever you are, at but a trailer at or the trailer, yeah. or the other, you know, you find out, you know, you were they have other children, <laughs> right? You and were, they kept the other ones. <laughs> I guess so. There's a lot of reasons not to, but I would think that that would make. Uh, let's so let's bring it all the way back around to the pilot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so we did that pilot. Yeah, back to adopted. So we did a pilot based on the idea of what would happen if if you didn't know. So our our sort of lead did not know, and the he mother was adopted. The mother kept it a secret basically because she did have a sort of miracle baby later because she didn't think she could have children, and she just thought it'd be better to raise them as as in her mind as equal. So it was a choice, right? And so this mother shows up, and obviously it was sort of a. a uh, what I thought was a fun comedy about two moms and this guy deciding he wants to bring them into his life, you know, type so thing. So the mother who put it up for adoption to begin with shows up. Yeah, so we okay. had we had Christine Baranski and Bernadette Peters play the two moms. Wow. So, yeah, it was really, it was an amazing experience and and we were very green, you know, I think Nat and I. It's like definitely one of those things you look back and go, oh, if I could just do it again, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, knowing yeah, yeah. now. You did, probably could if you wanted to, no? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. They, that's another weird thing about you, television is somehow if it's touched or tainted. But what if you walk in with your Oscar and just... <laughs> maybe I need to do. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if you know me. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you, maybe this will get us on the do, air. Do you have the statue at home? <laughs> well, do I? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's at home. Where do you put it? It's uh, it's just sitting uh, like on a, you know, uh, a little bookcase in the hallway. Do you, you know? look at it and go, oh, that's a fucking Oscar. Uh, I, I definitely, uh, uh, I pass by it, uh-huh. you know, and, and, and uh, remind myself that I got to keep working, <laughs> you know. So okay, so you wrote that. So you guys established a writing yeah, relationship so basi- out of the groundlings. You did the pilot. Yes, yeah, so we've did, written together since, and we've written together ever since. And so we did the same sort of thing. Then we moved on to that, and we wrote our first sort of screenplay, uh, uh, original screenplay, original screenplay called the uh, at that time was called the Way Back, and now it's called the Way Way Back because there's already been a movie called the Way Back, and uh, actually directed. Uh, up in Boston or outside of Boston. Oh, really? Yeah, Independent? Yeah. You got some money? Yeah, yeah. We went that whole... You know, we had tried for many, many years to get this made, way before Descendants even happened. How long ago did you oh, write this the movie? Was, uh, this would have been... Uh, it's been a six-year journey, probably, to get this movie made. I mean, it's a small movie, and it was... The, we we thought it was going to get made. It's it's the same thing. It's up and down. But it 
around the time when everything sort of just hit the skids, you know, they weren't, you know, movies, uh, the economy, they weren't making, you know, they were making much less movies that started there. And so it was hard to make this small movie without, you know, you always need a piece right. that makes it enticing. And so when we got it back, because it, it was connected to studios and all that kind of stuff, and you have to wait a certain amount of time and, wow. then, and shake off all these people's hands. And so once all the hands were off of it and it was back in our hands, we just went more grassroots and, and made it happen. You got a, a star connected? Uh, yeah, we're uh, shooting it this summer. We have, um, it's a great cast. We have Steve Carell, uh, Tony Collette, wow. uh, Allison Janney, and Sam Rockwell. It's and, huge. Uh, and it looks like as of today, oh, yeah, uh, Maya Rudolph. Wow. Yeah, and uh, Maria Bello. So it's like a lot of great people. Did did you find that all of these people were easier to get now in a way? Well, I you know, I don't know. It's like I wouldn't say that that the, you know, um the the road that we took with the descendants would did not help, you know, and and certainly to be first-time directors. I mean, I think that's uh, will and it's know, a, I'm having a panic attack every day. Basically. It's a reasonably budgeted film, and people are yeah, working for small scale. Yeah, kind of it is. It is everyone working for uh, for much, much, much less for a very small well, that's movie. Great, which is going to be awesome. And so, very excited. Now, why did you pick the Descendants? How did the your choice of that book and and, and did you buy the rights? No, we uh, the the script the the way back sort of made its way around town uh, when we first wrote it. And that got us into some meetings, one of which was with Alexander Payne uh, and his producing partner, Jim Burke. They have a company called Ad Hominem, and they had optioned. They actually auctioned the Descendants. So they were looking for writers for it. So we went in and met, sort of pitched out uh, our thoughts on the book, which we loved. And we had not done an adaptation before, so it was definitely a uh, sort of a scary and trial by fire. And then and that 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 road was about a two plus road year road. Really? I guess. Yeah, because we started writing the first draft, and then the strike happened. I don't know what year that was when it was like a hundred day strike for the writers. Guild. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah, I was in the middle of writing something too, and everybody just had to stop. It just stops. Yeah, so everything yeah. halted, and right. so we we had already turned in the first draft right before the cutoff. Uh, lay down your pins yeah. and so then we couldn't really get notes or talk about it so we spent the 100 days you know picketing and uh, and then we got our notes and so that's why it sort of delayed you know and then we went to the second draft after that which draft was shot well it was uh, then we worked with Stephen Frears was going to direct for a little bit and so then we went to New York and met with him and sort of started to like still for ad hominem yes Started uh, because at the time Alexander wasn't planning to direct this, and so uh, Sue Frears for a little bit entertained with it, did some uh, tweaks with him, and then uh, it, we sat and I think even Jason Reitman talked about it for a little bit, and then uh, Alexander decided to direct it, and then we met with him and went over all the stuff, and he sort of asked us you know, why we did things, why we didn't, you know, we, we went back in the book and then, and our job was sort of already done. So then he took his, you know, it was now his and he, he took his pass. And so sort of the conglomeration of all that became. How much script. of your movie is up there? Well, I mean, I think it is, uh, he definitely had, uh, uh, an effect on the script because it's, because it's an adaptation, the story's not going to change. Right. You know, I think we all were working from the same thing. Right. And we're all faithful to the book. I think one of the big things, uh, we focused a lot on the younger daughter, Scotty, because in the book, 
Uh, she's sort of a little bit more integral. I mean, it's character, it's, it's comic relief, but also there's this whole tie in with the book that she was making, taking pictures of her, uh, mom who's in a coma. So we focused a lot of her and he sort of pulled back on that, which is basically taking this scene and replacing this scene with this scene to focus it more on obviously Matt King, George's character and, uh, and his eldest daughter. So, so it, it's, it's, it definitely transformed and he obviously added all the voiceover, which was, um, not something we had. We did a pass with some voiceover, but not to the extent that he had. Was the experience, you know, working with him, uh, did you feel like you were working for him or did you feel like you were working No, we were certainly working for him up until he decided to be a director for sure. But but even then it really was, uh, you know, we we talked about everything and then he went off and did his process, you right. know, to sort of wrap his brain around what and he And you was... were cool with everything? And... Well, at that point, you know, we, contractually, we were done. Right. There was nothing, that they had no, you know, we didn't, we didn't have to be there, you know, in other words, and they, they didn't, you know. So it sort of became the director getting ready to prepare to shoot a movie. Right. So, so we didn't, we didn't like sit down and have, you know, Right, our right. screens and we're <laughs> laughing and hugging each other and, and writing great lines together. No. <laughs> But when, like, I, I've i met him, and my feelings just initially of, of Alexander Payne was like, you know, he's a, he's a very brilliant, difficult person. Yes, he, well, he's very, he's a particular brilliant person for sure. I mean, uh-huh. he's, he's very, um, he's very intelligent, and he picks his words very wisely. I think whenever we were on panels, I think he was sort of, sort of thrown by, you know, Nat and I are just, yeah, actors and improvisers and performers. So, right. but he is, you know, he is meticulous and uses, you know, a hundred dollar words or, mm-hmm. or 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 words that are, are more valuable than a hundred. Uh, and uh, and he has a very specific vision. You know, I think his crew, he uses the same crew, and they all know. He always knows what he wants. You know, from what I gather yeah. from them. And right. uh, it, it was it was cool to watch him work. That's for sure. And when you won the Oscar, uh, did you did you feel like uh, he felt like you like oh what are these guys doing up here? I I think he uh, oh you mean during that moment? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. You mean during the bits? Sure. Yeah. The, uh, you did the Angelina's yes, leg thing, right? And- I. But well, that was just fun. But it I was mean, just, just for fun. In yes. general, do you think he would have liked to have just take? Like, I, I guess what I'm getting at is that you know I don't know if people or maybe even I you know know exactly the process of mm-hmm. that. But you know, you guys wrote your draft. Yep. You know, he wrote his draft. You guys were all writers, but you didn't work together right. necessarily. No. Nope. And and then you're all up there winning an Oscar. Yeah. Now I have to assume that the guy that contracted you to write that and then wrote his own draft and directed the movie would have rather been up there himself it's i think that i think of i would imagine he probably did want to be by himself you but know? he didn't you didn't feel that i didn't feel that i felt pretty included as okay. far as like during that whole process i mean that particular night we had uh when we were at the i think it was the um writers guild or some uh or independent spirit awards we had sort of spoken first and he said you guys speak here and, and then I'll cover our angle if if we go up yeah. you know for Oscar so he took the he took the oh yeah know. oh so he's diplomatic yeah like this one doesn't really matter that <laughs> no. much but if we get the big one I'm talking yeah exactly exactly you guys do your bits here <laughs> and then I'll, I'll do my bits there because he really he I know he wanted to work out because he he obviously has been up there before for sideways and I think he really wanted to say something in particular to his mother. So he was working those things out, which is why I think he was a little unnerved during that thing, worried about the clock. Because right. 
Uh, when you I, were getting laughs, you mean? Oh, I, yes. I yeah. suspect that if if the clock had run out and he not gotten to his his um, mom yeah. portion, yeah. I would not be sitting here talking to you today because sure. I'd probably be <laughs> dead. You, you would have paid for that joke. I would have paid you for You would have had your Angelina Jolie legs broken. Yes. Right, yes. Now, didn't that start some sort of massive trend? Even? I don't think I... I don't think I started. I didn't realize how much it had already been before right. that had even happened because it was yeah. it was red you carpet were, stuff. You were there. And I wasn't even so. I think when people have said it, they go, "Ah, oh, yeah, man." I was like, "I don't really know what we're talking about." Because in my mind, I didn't think that was what I was doing. I thought it really was. I know we can't speak. How do I show pride and 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 being proud of this moment? And I thought she was sticking it. Yeah. You know, with her leg and, and her dress. So I said, oh, that seems like a good way. It wasn't like that was in my head. Like, oh, oh man. Everyone needs a laugh that night, too. Wait, Jesus. It was yeah, it was. Um, oh, well, I, for, it's different when you're there because, you know, you have a different context because you're just like your eyes are wide and you're watching everything. Oh, you're, you're, really, you're thrilled. You're but thrilled. it's a tough it's room, different. right? It, it, it it's it's a interesting room because it's a lot smaller than you think on TV. It probably looks huge, but that theater in particular seems yeah. sort of uh, small and high, just yeah. goes straight up. Right. And I, I was more comforted because you know there was a lot of uh, random people that I had gone through the groundlings with that happened to be there that night. It was just a weird sort of kismet sort yeah. of uh, collection of people that just randomly. Our paths started similar time, uh-huh. you know, from Melissa and, and uh, McCarthy and. You know, Kristen Wiig was there. and They were all groundlings when you were there? Uh, yeah. Melissa, uh, I came in right before Melissa. I actually directed Melissa and the Sunday Company and directed uh, Kristen Wiig and her main show that, that she got, you know, taken out of to uh-huh. go to Center Live. So so all of our paths were there at the, at the same decade, for sure. So it's like, it's almost like a reunion almost. It's oh, yeah. A, but almost like, you know, we've arrived. No, the whole night. Yeah, the whole yeah. night was just sort of, what are we doing here? So you're getting, it was fun. Oh, yeah, right? it's a blast. Yeah, the whole night. Well, uh, good luck with the new movie. Thank you. Thank you very much. Do you feel good about what we did here? We, I feel great about what we did. I, I wasn't thrown by the facts. I hope it comes through. <laughs> um, <laughs> we covered, uh, you know, the Hill People, Bank of America. We hit uh, the Triangle. We got, we got real. We got real with adoption. We really, we really layered <laughs> in there. We, uh, we we did an after school special basically about, yeah, about adoption like, and being it, chosen. Yeah, sure. The cho- yeah, we got that in mm-hmm. right. Yeah, it was almost like, hey, this is too light. Boom, yeah. we're Good. in there. Yeah, no, no, we had to really get that message across. Right, the more you know. Is but right. but honestly, you want to meet your real mom, right? Uh, I don't know. I'm sorry. I wish I could give you like that sort of Jerry Springer like moment. <laughs> I, no, we don't have them. They, oh, okay. we, uh, occasionally, wait, they have who's them. coming in the door right now? It's hey, Jim. Hey, it's me. <laughs> Wait, I think I just did your voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why you knew the voice, because it's been in your head, your you natural me... your natural head. You, you knew me all along. <laughs> Do you want to meet your six brothers? Oh, please. <laughs> hey, man. Man, look at you. Oh, we're going to call you Peanut. Oh, my God, I was talking about Peanut. I know, because it's come full circle. This whole discussion's full circle. <laughs> oh, no. They'll be at the Oscars with you next year. Oh, my God. Thanks, Jim. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You bet. All right. That's it. That's our show. Pretty interesting. I didn't know a lot of that stuff about the writing business and about the South. You know, Jim Rash. Very funny guy. What else? Okay, regular stuff. Uh, WTFpod.com for all of your WTF pod needs. Kick in a few shekels. Buy some merch. New posters up there. Get the Coop t-shirt. Check out the episodes. What do you got? What can you get? 
Get the get the app. Upload to premium. Get some JustCoffee.coop. Lots of stuff to do there. You can uh, leave a comment on the comment board. How would that be? I have to go inside. And um, my girlfriend did not have a good day at work. She's very stressed out. And there's part of me that does not want to go inside. But I can't sleep out here. 